bum, 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 ba, da, ba. freelancers working from home, working remote, being your own boss, office environment, all that good stuff today and other days on this podcast. Hey, I'm Alec Denkoff. Welcome back. Um, if you want to connect with me, LinkedIn is what I prefer. And you're here. This is the Freelancer Podcast, Working From Home Podcast. Today we're going to cover 22 tips and tricks for freelancers you've got to know. Right? Uh, I don't know how, it's probably a little bit more clickbaity than it should be. But we're going to dive into the list. It's on bootstrapbay.com. It's a blog and uh, I'm going to give my own opinion on some of the stuff. Here, off we go. Uh, for those of you listening to this later, we shoot live on CastBox. Uh, we're here usually Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The weekends are a little up in the air. And we're probably going to be shortening the schedule from seven days a week on a podcast to maybe like three, four, something like that coming next week. So stay tuned. Um, if you show up and we're not recording that day, my apologies. Hey, check back the next day. Okay. Um, once, once this next week goes by, we'll, we'll get a more rigid schedule, I believe. So 22 tips and tricks. Here's for the freelancers out there, the freelancer in you, if you're not one yet. They say, be amazing at something. That makes sense. Um, most masters think that it takes 10,000 hours or more to be an expert at something. And I think that was a, that comes from some sort of a study where you're considered an expert if you put 11,000 hours in um, to one like task or thing. I think that's where that comes from. Uh, I don't know if that's 100% true or not, but it basically it says if you put that much time and effort in, you know, years of your life. How many, how many hours are in a year? I'm going to find out right now. One second. 8,760 hours are in a year. So, and remember, if this is just a job you do, then you're dividing that by eight, which is about 1,100 hours per year. Wait, hold on. That's hours in a year. No, you wouldn't even be dividing. It'd be totally less than that. How many? Okay, hold on. 40 hours a week, 52 weeks in a year. Okay, 2,000 hours a year. So you're talking, what, five and a half years to become a master at something, doing it day in, day out? That makes sense. Um, it gives you time to know the job, know the product, know the clients. Know, you, I mean, five years. Most businesses, they say they fall in three. Um, if they're going to collapse, they'll fall in three. So you, that means you get past that sink or swim part. And then you really hone and understand your craft. Pretty cool. So um, the article suggests that it really depends on what skills and ability you have and what you're learning as well. There's a lot of factors that go into this 10,000 hour mark. It's not going to be as simple as, yes, do this for 10,000 hours or 11,000 hours or whatever the benchmark is. And boom, you're a master. Right. Um, you can go to a factory and you can put the same car part on the same vehicle for five years 
And you're going to be an expert at doing that, but you're not going to know everything about a factory, right? How to manage it, how to run it, how to work. Um, but I would say after five years, you could make that leap pretty quickly because you know so much and you've seen the day in, day out on being on that line. Um, but for other jobs, I could say, yeah, I, I see 10,000 hours as being a, a solid benchmark. Anyway, this article is saying it's not going to be that because it depends on what you're doing, what you know already, things like that. And it might be possible just within a few years to really have the abilities that um, are going to give you all the strengths that you need for the next 10 or 20 years, right? Um, basically, they say always try your best, really sink yourself into your work, care, stuff like that. Um, basically, they say don't go for perfection but always try to be better, right? You're learning. You don't have to be perfect the first time. Um, so I think this is this is a good way to start the article off just because this is more for, seems to be more for people that haven't started a freelancing business yet, but are going to, or maybe they want to switch what they do. They say, take some risks. Okay, I'm going to ignore what they say here. I'm going to, I'm going to double down and say, yes, 100%, I agree. And I'm going to tell you why I agree. Because when you stay in a job, and if you're not freelancing and you work for someone else, that owner could shut, close up the shop. They could say, you know, I'm tired. I've got enough in my savings. I don't want to do it anymore. We're done. They could shut down. They could get sued and they may not be able to keep employees. They may have to downsize and you're on the chopping block. There's risks in any job, Okay. Well, Alec, I went to work every day. I worked really hard and my bosses love me. There's no way I'm going to lose my job. The economy doesn't care. Um, if something happens, and even though you've got yourself situated, but that doesn't mean your neighbor Bobby and Joe and the next door neighbor to them, Susie and Tom, uh, they have all their finances in order and they're not heading into a recession right? So they stop purchasing products. They stop spending. They cut back. That starts to influence market. And you see, once this happens across the, the nation, right? Less spending, less economic growth, there will be cutbacks. Maybe your boss is going to say, hey, I really like you. You're never going to go. I'm never going to fire you. Well, if push comes to shove and it's between firing all the employees and starting from, you know, doing it completely themselves and keeping their home or keep a couple employees and not being able to feed the family. I don't care how much they like you. You're gone. Um, so food for thought, there's risk in everything, right? People say, Oh, property, good investment. It can be, it really can be. Um, but we've seen there have been times in this country and across the world where po property bubbles happen and then they collapse. And they build back up and they pop. So there's, there's risk in everything. And you have to accept that risk going into it. So don't be scared is really what they're saying. Take risks. Don't be scared because, well, one, you can be paralyzed by fear. So you could just do nothing your whole life, right? Um, or you could understand fear, try and mitigate risk, but take chances in a smart way that's going to bring you better or 
has the chance to bring you a better future. Um, freelancing is not playing it safe, right? Freelancing doesn't come with health insurance usually. Freelancing doesn't come unless you're in another country and it's just provided for you. Um, freelancing doesn't come with stable income. Freelancing doesn't come with stable clients sometimes. Uh, a lot can go wrong. But man, there's a lot that a lot of good that happens as well. Okay. <sighs> Take the leap. Next, they say have your own website or portfolio. This is this is big. This is big. Um, I've made a couple company websites before, and making a website is not hard, especially now. Um, you go back 10, 20 years. No, horrible. But well, also the standard for make standard for making a website back 20 years ago was way low, right? But um, go out, make yourself a website to promote your services. That way you can have the traffic come back to you. I've talked about if you want to do marketing or social media advertising and you all of your clients ask you to do Facebook advertising or all of your clients ask you to do Instagram marketing or that's the only services you provide. Well, if Instagram goes away, if everyone stops using it, you're in trouble. So what you do is, or let's say you use Instagram Instagram and your account gets banned and you can't connect with clients anymore, right? Bring them to your website, get their emails, get their phone numbers, start cataloging information on clients so you never lose contact with them. And that way you can, if you put your portfolio or resume up on job search sites or other social media platforms, no one's going to be able to take it and alter it. It's going to be on your website. You own and control that website. Um, it's just part of the process. Next. Write a blog. Oh, actually, let's back up for a second. Um, having a website can sometimes give you credibility, right? People want to see you. Everybody can have an Instagram or a Facebook, but taking that next step and getting an actual website might give you the credibility, um, sync a client or two that you may not have gotten without a website. Um, it can help grow your, grow your business because you can funnel all traffic back to your website. Um, it's businesses, people all over have done it. It's basically a website now is your storefront of yesteryear. If you had a business back in the old days, you had to have a location for it. Okay. This is just how things have changed and advanced. Your location is now online. They say write a blog. Yeah, get information out there. Maybe start a podcast. Hey, Yeagle, thanks for being in the chat. Uh, uh, Eagle says they're a personal trainer. They specialize in health and fitness. They've got credit. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean, Eagle, if you can explain the, uh, the credit comment. But... Um, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the chat. Thanks for being here. Uh, being a independent freelancer or a independent contractor as a personal trainer. There's a lot of money in that. If you're high, if you're doing high, uh, high profit clientele, but it doesn't, it's not always about the money. It's about the passion, right? Helping people training, um, being physically active, right? It's what you love. So they say, write a blog. Why? relatively uh, low cost. You control the blog because it's on your website. Again, it 
nobody's going to take your articles away and say, no, we didn't like that. Get rid of your content. Uh, It starts to build authority and credibility because now you're talking about it. Now people can see that, okay, this, this guy or gal doesn't just say, hey, I'm an expert in. No, they're actively writing and talking about certain topics and subjects. They say uh, it grows relationships having a blog because people comment, feed, uh, give feedback, um, ask questions, things, things like that. Uh, provides fresh content for search engines, which is good. Drives new up-to-date information, right? So more people are going to be pushed back to your website. Uh, it's a source of work samples for writers and web designers. If you're a writer, if you're a web designer, right? If that's what you do, then you need to get on and do this. Um, your blog can help show off your skills and it's a place for you to have your own unique voice. Pretty smart, pretty smart. Um, and then you can talk about all the fun things in your field, right? And you can kind of get in the niche areas that people will search for and drive that traffic back to you. Uh, anyway, Eagle, they said they, uh, oh, okay. I ignore the credit comment. Gotcha. 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 Um, I'm not a business coach. I'm not a business coach. Uh, I have been in business. I've uh, hired, fired. I've been all, all sorts of the onboarding process. I've helped streamline. I've done marketing. I've done a lot of different things for a lot of different uh, places. But what I do now is voice. I do voiceover. I'm a voice actor. Uh, Eagle says they sh- I should do uh, coaching, some sort of business coaching. Thanks. I appreciate that, Eagle. Bart, welcome to the chat. Um, another trick and tip that freelancers need to do that they just don't keep learning. Oh my gosh. Okay. I've talked about continued education and how it's never a bad thing. Basically, if you take your money and you buy a piece of property, you're investing in your future. Or if you turn that into an asset, or maybe you want to live there, rent it out, whatever you, there's a reason you're doing it. Okay. If you take it and buy stocks or bonds or something like that, you're making an investment to hopefully give you a positive return. When you learn, you're invest you're you're gaining knowledge. And where are you putting that knowledge? Inside you. You're investing knowledge in yourself. Investing in yourself always will pay off. Um, it may not pay off a lot. Uh, certain pieces of knowledge are going to pay off way more, right? But nobody's going to say, "Hey, we're going to take that from you because you've already learned it." Knowledge is key. Keep learning. So many people get into a freelance or independent contractor type of job and they say, well, I, I, I'm the best in my field. I know, I know everything. Or I've been doing this for a few years. I don't need to learn anymore. I'm good to go. Right? That's a bad attitude, right? That's how you get stuck. That's what happens to Sears. That's what happens to Toys R Us when they say we've got it under control. We don't need to change. Whew. Anyway, please keep learning. Also, take advantage of pre-designed templates and plugins. Okay, so that goes back to the website. So um, if you're a freelancer, get a website. If you're an independent contractor, get a website. If you're building a business, get a website. Okay, that's step one. But just having it, you know, doesn't do much. You have to get traffic there. Blog, market, but 
when you're building that website, maybe you're not a graphic designer, maybe you're not on the UX or UI side of things. Templates and plugins are going to save your life. Because like I said, it's not building a website 10, 20 years ago. It's you're in this day and age where they have like a process to build websites. They have websites built around building you a website. You can get it done for low cost. I've talked to people now, this would have been maybe four or five years ago, but people would say, oh man, it's going to cost thousands of dollars to get my my website up and running. I, I know now after building websites, no, it does not. Um, it depends on what you're looking for maybe, but no, it does not. Next, develop your brand. Who are you? What do you stand for? What are you going to do? What can you provide? Why should clients choose you? Um, what field are you in? What do you stand for? This is your brand. This is who you are. This is your product. This is your service. Please. Um, if you don't know why or what you're going for, how do you convey that? Well, Alec, I just want to make money. Fine. You can do that in a lot of different ways. But if you tell a client, I just want to make money, right? Your first job as a kid, you're not thinking about, oh, uh, I really want to flip hamburgers for cooking experience. Some people, most people know. Anyway, um, figuring out, and we're not kids anymore, right? You're not getting your first job. You're getting your career. You're doing your life term, lifelong goal of freelancing or following your passion. That's what this is supposed to be about. So make sure you know where you're heading, what you're shooting for. Even if it doesn't get you there directly, you've got to know. The first step first step in this process is defining your the unique personality of your brand. Uh, this goes for all businesses. When you're a freelancer, um, you get to use your personality. Right. Nobody says, hey, you can't do that. Um, or what's this about? That's too personal. No, it, it should be personal. Right. Um, present it. Be transparent. <clears throat> don't lie. Don't make a fake um, type of brand because people will see through it. And then in years to come, you won't be able to keep up airs. You'll get but you'll get by. You can do it. But sooner or later, that will. It, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It's It just doesn't. History shows us it doesn't work. So don't, don't be false. Don't give an unnatural feel, right? It's you. And also, if you try to be something you're not, then you're going to attract people that, are, that want to work with something you're not, that want to be around people that you're not, okay? So be yourself and find the people that want to work with you and want to give you what you're looking for. Help create something together. They say, nurture client's relationship. Okay, so if you're not doing this as a freelancer, follow-ups, Christmas cards, um, random gifts, right? You could do anything. Uh, there's a story. There's a there's a business owner who, what they did was they, they got someone who bought a small package from them, like minimal. 10, like between 20 and $50 worth of product. And they sent them, they found them on social media and they sent them their favorite football player signed a, like a signed Jersey, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. 
just to buy this. Okay. And they sent it to him for free. And they said, hey, thanks for your first purchase. We really appreciate you. And then they waited. Oh, by the way, this is Gary Vaynerchuk that I'm referencing. If you if you know who that is, I should give credit where credit's due. So, and he waited. No response. And they waited. No response. And this is a first-time customer. So they're thinking, oh, shoot. Did we send it to the right person? Did they not get it? Well, the shipping order says delivered. Why has it been weeks? And then right about the month mark, everybody's scratching their head like, why didn't this work? This should have worked, or at least a thank you or something. Well, apparently, right about that month part, or month area, somebody else purchases an order for $6,000 worth of product. And they say, hey, I'm friends with so-and-so. He ordered you know, $50 worth of product for you, and you sent him a signed jersey. I thought that was really cool. So I want to buy from you for my entire company this big order. Also, I'm a really big fan of David Bowie. <laughs> Basically, they were looking for like show tickets or something. But uh, that's when you see the ROI, the return on investment come back tenfold. Nurture your clients, right? Grow, give, build amazing relationships. And that's just, and that's from the beginning. That was a test. They were doing tests to see what kind of feedback and results they'd get from doing something like that. Um, there's an old saying in sales. Ask your neighbor. Or ask your friend's friend. Or maybe someone you're already doing business with knows somebody else, right? If you have a good relationship, somebody that would put put your name out there and say, hey, I work with so-and-so. They do a really great job. You should use them, right? If you keep good relationships, you will keep having business. Heck, if people like you and you do a worse service at a more expensive price than someone else, people will pay to work with as long as money's good. All right, if bills are tight, it changes. But if money's good, people will pay to work with someone they love. Now, once you get too big, right, corporation level, a lot of times it's about that bottom dollar. But the decision maker, yeah, a lot of pull. Next, have a dedicated workspace. Okay, I've talked about this on different podcasts. Oh, man, it's big. If you don't have a workspace, this is this isn't a trick. This isn't a tip. This is something you must do. Get yourself a space that you can work. If it's not healthy, ergonomic, ergonomic seating and keyboard. If it's not well lit with sunlight, you're going to get depressed. Um, noisy, uncomfortable, can't concentrate, work won't get done. Get a good spot. They say invoice faster to get paid faster. So when you invoice people, send an invoice after the work is done so you can get your payment faster. Don't wait. That's smart. That's smart. But um, you see a lot of businesses that can get away with, if they if they have savings or if there's a little bit of leg room or like uh, there's a margin, marginally there's room in the budget, then you don't have to worry about that too much, right? But that's just one way as a freelancer because sometimes we're a feast or famine, right? That paycheck you're waiting for could be your month's rent for the next two months and you need it because rent's due tomorrow. So invoice earlier. 
That's smart for certain people. Uh, next, they say plan for taxes. Yeah, hey, um, a lot of times first year, especially as a DBA, um, before you ever have made enough money to get taxed, um, once you, if you start your business in November and you make X amount, odds are within one or two months of first starting your business, you're not going to have a giant clientele where you're making tons of money. You may not pay taxes that year. The next year, right? January, February, March, things could just start picking up. Spring, summer hits. You're having a great time. You're making so much money. And then boom, December hits. You're going to an accountant for the first time and they say, what have you done? What have you put back? You have to make sure you live within your means because you're going to lose a percentage of what you made to uh, the tax man. And that can hurt a lot of people. Uh, here in the U.S., there's if you've never been, uh, if you've never owed on taxes before, you can get a tax plan um, and pay off um, over the over a year or something like that. And after that, there starts to have interest on it. Don't let the interest work against you, but there are ways around it. So don't sweat if it's your first time, but you have to plan for it because if not, now that's cutting into your profits next year. Um, they say, treat yourself and work as a business. Hmm? Oh, treat yourself and your work as a business. That's different. Okay. So pay yourself. Be professional. But um, remember, when you're at work, you don't talk like you would talk to your friends, unless you're really good friends with that client. Um, it's not just a hobby anymore. You have to be serious about deadlines. You're going to affect other people. Um, their lives, maybe their livelihood is hanging on the balance of getting this project done. And you as a freelancer are thinking, man, whatever. If I'm a little late, I'm a little late. That's why I am my own boss. You can't tell me what to do. That's a, not a good attitude. Don't go into it with that, please. Uh uh, Yigal, Yigal in chat says, uh, they've, they've had run-ins with taxes and how, uh, and paying either paying over or not paying enough. Um, so it, you're not alone if it happens to you and it might sooner or later, it might catch you off guard and that's okay. Um, uh, just don't let it be consistent, right? Put, put, put money away. If a hundred percent of what you make is going right back out the door, you're in trouble. Uh, send promotional emails to your prospects. Hmm. Okay. Hold on. Let's see what they say on how to do this because the concept's good, but I want to read this little article they put with it. They say in a nutshell, email marketing is a way to build relationships with many of the people who visit your website and who might not be ready to hire you right away, capture their interest, encourage them to sign up for your mailing list. Okay. So I talked about getting an email earlier. So you have control of what content you can get to them. Um, so having their email, maybe a phone number, lets you keep in touch with them. Okay. Then you can convert them into paying clients. Cool. They say also send festive new year wishes to your prospects, <laughs> to your people. All right. I said, send gifts. I, I mentioned holiday cards, new year wishes. Perfect. Um, I actually like this. So, they say New Year wishes or festive wishes. So shooting out a holiday card on the wrong holiday, like if you work with a bunch of people that aren't your own religion and you just assume they are, uh-oh. 
Um, so a new year card is really a smooth or a happy holidays card covering everything is a smooth way in case you don't know too much about that client. You can really make sure you don't um, uh, send the wrong message, but and in fact, send a very positive message saying, hey, I'm here. Happy holidays. If you need me, I'd love to work with you. Um, they say start it as a side project, not the um, card or gift giving thing, but start your freelancing as a side project first before you dive all in. That way, you know, you can get to know the pros and cons. You can get to know the headaches. You can get to know, is this going to be right for me? Stuff like that. Get the headaches out of the way. So when you're ready to dive in, you dive in. They say network like a pro. Fantastic. I love this. I'm just going to read it word for word. They say nurture your network without the support of a co-founder or, or team around you. Your network is even more important to bounce ideas off of. Ask advice, get intros, make sure you speak with the right people, things like that. Uh, make an effort to nurture and maximize all your existing contacts while also spending time finding new ones by attending events, groups, forums, things like this. You have to be networking constantly, I guess. Um, I don't think that's 100% necessary, but it depends on how far you want to go or what you need as a business. Um, it won't hurt, but as long as it doesn't take so much time away from your business doing all this networking that you're hurting your product. Um, you never know if somebody is going to be helpful to your business in the future. Even if they're not helpful now, basically they might know somebody or things could change where they get the role job position where they're like, Hey, I love that person. Let's use them. They say, find a coach or mentor. So many people don't do this. Oh man. So many people don't do this. Isolation is a huge enemy of the solopreneur, solo entrepreneur. Um, having a big network is good, but it's nice to have somebody who's dedicated and listening to your concerns and problems, who's done it before, who can work with you, get you through the tough times and point you in the right direction. A business coach or mentor allows you to fix issues that you're having trouble grappling and they can make a big difference. Think about that. Um, so what I would do is, I heard this a while back. I like the concept. Find someone who's, find someone who's where you want to be in 10 years and make that as your mentor. Figure out how to get in touch with them. They're 10 years ahead of you. Learn from them. See what they did and then do it in five and then repeat. Because the first time you do it as an entrepreneur, any entrepreneur, they'll, they'll say, you know, I love what I did. I love the process. I would never go back to my first business. Not everybody, but a lot of them. Or, uh, oh, I loved what I've done, but I wouldn't go back and change it. I wouldn't go back and try and start all over. Some No, okay, there's a difference between having time and like being young again. But losing your knowledge and having to go back and relive it would be horrible because the first time, sometimes even the second, takes so much longer, drastically. Okay, once you figure out how to streamline and do things, you can repeat, actionably repeat over and over again. 
So, um, uh, find someone who can get you past the, the hills and just give you advice and say, just do this. And you can say, why? And they'll say, because of this, 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 and this. And they'll say, oh, thank you. Ballin, Balgruff. Welcome to the chat. Hello. Next up, it is hack your skills. If you're lacking an important skill for your business, just go learn, right? Uh, you don't have to go take a training course. Most of the stuff you need is on the internet. So find it. Usually it's free. Get advice from other people if you need to. YouTube videos, ask around, forums, things like that. Uh, dedicate a few hours to studying to improve yourself. This goes back to learning, right? And you'll be an expert in no time. Saves, it's going to save yourself so many struggles and issues. And knowing, diversifying how you think, it will let you maybe attack a problem differently than your competition will. Join a co-working space. Okay, there's a lot of positives to this. As a freelancer, co-working... <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, wow. Excuse me. Uh, as a co-working or as a freelancer, a co-working space can be a huge boon. Gets you social interaction, gets you ties, gets you connections, gets you interacting and collaborating and networking. Um, gets you into a better office environment. Make sure you have a stable internet connection. It can get you out of the house so you're actually getting physically active. The list goes on. Uh, a lot of times they'll even have events. They say don't put all your eggs in one basket. Duh. But at the same time, I would say do put all your eggs in one basket. Okay, now hold on. That's really conflicting. Here's what I mean. Let's start with don't put all your eggs in one basket. Having a main contract or project that provides you more than 50% of your current income is not a good idea. I've, I've been there. I've had a client that was really great, loved working with them, but they were a huge part of my income. If they just disappear, everything's in trouble. My whole entire life would change, right? I've been there in that moment. Struggling with that concept of, oh, I hope I wake up and everything's good tomorrow. It's not a good feeling. So basically, you'll get used to having that comfort. And then when things go wrong, they disappear as a client. You're in trouble, right? Next, do put all your eggs in the same basket. So that talks about d diversifying your clients, your workload, and things like that. That's not talking about diversifying your skills. You can still become an expert in one thing. Oh, well, if... Let's say here, let's, let's say, um, mm, okay, let's say you're an expert in one thing. Uh, maybe you're a farmer. Way back in the day, people farmed, and then they'd complain, and they'd say, well, we don't need as many people farmhands because we've got oxen and horses and stuff to move plows. Then they got farm equipment that's robotic, so now we don't even need animals or people. We just have a robot and one person. And soon, we're going to get to the point where the robot is just on a track, and you don't actually have to be out there running it. So you don't need any people. Um, and that's when people say, they scream from the rooftops, oh no, I should have done more, or how could you do this to me? I have nothing else I can do because I put all my eggs in one basket. Hold on. There's a, I'm going to give this analogy. Right now, in the U.S., we do a lot of trucking. There's 
shipments going across the U.S. in all different directions. There's talk, and there has been talk, about people utilizing self-driving trucks. We're not there yet. The regulations haven't passed, but prototypes have been made. So we're at this point where we could see every truck driver losing their job who's put all their eggs in one basket. And a big debate that people talk about is they say, well, have have truck drivers learn to start programming or coding? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm going to say two things. They put all their eggs in one basket, which is good because they become an expert in their field. But if you've done this for more than five or 10 years, which many of them have, when you're on the road, a lot of them, they're on headsets, talk to people, listening to the radio. Perhaps you could be reading an audiobook. Perhaps you could be listening to a podcast, growing your in- intellect. Don't read while you're driving. Don't, don't do that. But we've gotten to an age where there's so much information out there. You'd be silly to say, well, how do I learn? If you don't know how to learn in this day and age, that's a big problem. That's a bigger problem. That's a society failed you problem. Or maybe you failed yourself or your parents or somebody. I don't know. You have to take care of yourself. So really, it all boils down to you. Um, but we're not there yet where they haven't. No, no truck drivers lost their job yet. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Maybe this never gets passed and we never have self-driving vehicles. Fine. But. It's, if it does come, we've talked about it for years now. We've already talked about it for years before this. Okay, Now we're starting to see prototypes and people giving demonstrations. So it's going to be five, ten years down the road now before the switch ever happens. Well, in five or ten years, you can start to become an expert in another field. Start slowly, and maybe you start w- moving away from truck driving. That, w- that way, in 20 years from now, when nobody has a nobody drives trucks... And everybody is like, oh, no, what do I do? I didn't see this coming. Nobody has to sit you down and say, well, you should have seen this coming. Um, I believe in putting your eggs in one basket, becoming good at that skill, as long as it's not going to become obsolete very, very soon. Um, but if you start to see a change, maybe start to pick up other skills, right? And there's, I know there's some backlash, but hey, I... I'm all for the trucking industry. Actually, um, growing up, uh, a good, there are only a couple kids on our block. And uh, one of the kids' dads was a truck driver. Real great guy. Real great guy. Uh, And I would never say, hey, you need to get another job. I'm not that crazy. You can run your life. Um, They love what they do. But the market sometimes doesn't care what you love or don't love. It's the hard truth. Anyway, follow your passion, though. You can make it work. Hey, and there may be a time. Let me back up. Let's say you're the best of the best of the truck drivers, right? The best. There may be rules and regulations with uh, trucks that drive themselves where they can only go a certain speed and only go at certain times or they have to use certain lanes or such and such. But having a real truck driver is going to get your vehicle there on time and, you know, at a better standard or quality than a robot would. Eh, right? And there's that trust factor where people may not switch right away. So if you're really good, you, you you may not have anything to worry about. But just two different perspectives of 
don't put all your eggs in one basket and do put all your eggs in one basket. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's really bad. Um, one more thing, one more topic, one more comment on this point. Um, when you, most millionaires, so let me rephrase that. Some millionaires say they only have like two, three, four streams of income. So, but they, they've started doing more streams of income as they've gained more wealth. So if you're at the bottom and you're starting your freelance business, you don't need to have three or four different streams of income. Excuse me. Three or four things that you do right away. You focus on one. You learn it really well. You develop it. You enhance it. You perfect it. Well, close to perfection. Just you become really good at it. And then you move on to another area that's not related to that one. So in case that market collapses, you can keep going in a different direction. Um, you diversify yourself and mitigate risk. But at the beginning, you don't diversify. You really understand your craft. Okay, that's enough. Let's move on. They say help others. That's a big thing freelancers should do. Help other people. Um, be nice. Life's too short, right? Um, if you have too many projects, give it to other people. Uh, be thankful when other people help you. They'll return it, usually. Um and sometimes if you just give, people will give back out of obligation or because they feel bad or because they, they are so happy that you helped them in a time of need, they'll just give back to you. Weird how the world works. Um, then they talk about doing pro bono and working for nonprofits. So okay. They say, the article says everyone pays. That needs to be your first rule but there are sometimes different ways to get paid. So if you're just starting out as a freelancer, you can do this for resume building. Uh, if you want to find a customer that's really, really great, that's going to give you a great review or maybe give you great referrals, you could probably work for less or cheap or nothing, work for free. But don't do that all the time, right? You are worth something, but sometimes you have to put in the effort. Um, I'm going to tell a story. It was, oh, was it? It was an actor. I don't think it was Jim Carrey. I just watched like an actor, comedian, actors roundtable thing on YouTube. Fun little um, video, basically them giving their thoughts and their uh, their background from what they've done. And they were saying that uh, yeah, sometimes actors get paid quite a bit a bit to do what they do. But and and when people are young and they start out, they think, okay, I want to get paid that too. And and people look at them like they're crazy because you're missing all the sleepless hours, the stage rehearsals. You're missing all the auditions you didn't get. You're missing all these tons and tons and tons of hours that were put in that made them who they are, gave them the, the talent that they have. So people, you put in your time, be patient is what people have said. So keep that in mind as a freelancer. Um, but if you have to eat, you have to eat. If you have bills to pay, you have bills to pay. Now, you control your expenses. Anyway. Um, what else? Oh, that's the, that's the article. That was 22 things already. Uh, just as a recap, it was be amazing at something, take some risks, have your own website or portfolio, write a blog, keep learning. 
Take advantage of pre-designed templates and plugins, develop your brand, nurture your clients, relationships, have a dedicated workspace, invoice faster, plan for taxes, treat yourself and your work as a business, send promotional emails to your prospects, send festive or New Year's wishes to your prospects, start it as a side project, network like a pro, find a mentor mentor or coach, hack your skills, join a co-working space, don't put all your eggs in the same basket, sometimes you can though. Help others and pro bono work for nonprofit. Very good. Good article. Um, yes. So next up, I do. Uh, we've got a little bit more time here. I like to run for about an hour. I real quick wanted to dive into 15 secrets and tips that help you massively increase your success as a freelancer. This one is on medium.com. Medium is for a lot of blogs and writing. Get out there, um, join it if you want to. Uh, before you start freelancing, they say, think about the right time to transition. So do you have work lined up? If you don't, should you quit? Um, do you have a cushion? Right? Do you have some extra funds put away? A week of funds? Three months of bills paid to quit your job fully? Things like that. Are you confident in your skill set? Do you have the information, the knowledge, or the, the the talent to get into this? Is there a demand in the market? We go back to market again. Market is going to say, hey, we want this. We're going to have this. And it doesn't care about anybody else. Um, that's the market. That's how things are. If you aren't confident in at least three of those points, it might not be the right time for you to become a freelancer. Ooh, I like that. Three out of four. At least three out of four. Um, they say work out the logistics. How are you going to get clients? How are you going to market yourself? How are you going to um, do your projects? Probably do the client specifications, but I mean, what kind of projects do you want to do? Um, you need to know these things going into it. And you can move sidestep you can diversify yourself as time goes on but maybe start with an idea uh if you need help writing a contract when it comes to a client uh there's bonsai hello bonsai.com let's freckle.com hola brief.com legal zoom a book apart things like this you can always go there get a contract and you should be able to like an nda non-disclosure agreement or um, uh, independent contractor agreement, things like that. It'll be there. They say go deeper into pricing. Figure out what your clients charge. Meh. Uh, figure out the logistics of what's going to be needed. So how much do you value your time at? How much time is going to go into types of pro different types of projects? Can you get away with it? Can you charge more? Are you going to include buffer room in case the client makes changes once more? There's the communication time as well. So are you going to charge a little bit more than what you think the job is actually worth just to give that uh, buffer room? That way, if the client ever says, hey, I need a little bit extra, do I have to pay for this? You can say, nah, I'll help you out because you've already filtered that in for extra time. Um, basically, there's a lot of different types of work out there different environments, arenas that you'll be going into, depending on what kind of freelancing you want to do. Just, I guess, do a deep dive into that arena. 
Okay. Uh, that's important. Moving on. Um, actually, lastly, remember you can do hourly rates or by project rates. Um, I like hourly rate. It's okay. Hmm. Okay, you, you're starting to hear my trepidation. Uh, I prefer the by project. That way I can say, hey, we all know how much this is going to be. Um, when it's done, it's done. I like that because it usually makes the customer happy because if they want something extra, then you just say, well, I'm going to have to charge for that. And they know that because they're asking for something that wasn't originally agreed upon. But if nothing else changes, then they know exactly how much they're going to pay right from the beginning. That's nice. Everybody is in agreement. I like that. But the buy hour helps a lot when the client doesn't know exactly what they want. And you can say, well, I'll do this for you. And they'll say, great, just put it on my tab. Some clients, they don't care. Other clients, at the end of the day, they're going to say, wait, it took you two hours to do that? Um, maybe those aren't the clients. So, okay, if a client doesn't know what they want, doesn't know what it's going to take to get it, and then at the end of the end of the process, they say, wait, it took you how long? I have a problem with that. Maybe that's not the client you want to work with again. Um, communication's key. Get that figured out ahead of time. They say define your process. If you're a designer, you should work out your design process before freelancing, right? How do you go about it? Brainstorming, um, asking the right questions, setting up um, prototypes or I guess uh, mock-ups, whatever. The method probably won't be the same for every project, but getting a couple different kinds of methods, it's probably a good call. Um, you're going to have clients that have varying needs. Make sure you can articulate your process. Practice with your friends. Hey, friend, this is what I'm going to do. Would you be okay asking me questions about that? You know, have your friends ask you questions about what you do as a business. And maybe do a hypothetical scenario with them. See if you could meet their needs, right? might get you ahead of the game. Um, yeah. Next, be ready to market yourself. Some people, if you're a freelancer, they're not, people aren't just going to come to you. There's some websites out there that you can take your resume and set it and forget it. Okay. That'll work for some people. But then don't, don't go home and say, okay, I put my resume out there and twiddle your thumbs. Right? Even when you're looking for a job as like a full-time job, you have to interview. You have to call people. You have to apply. You have to give callbacks, right? There are things that are involved in the process. As a business, um, as a freelancer, sometimes you're still getting hired and doing, or a contract worker, you're still getting hired. So there's that interview process that you're more probably more used to as a, like growing up and getting jobs. But if you're going to start to create a business and your brand and you, then you're going to have to start marketing and using the proper channels to do so. Having promotional material for a specific niche allows you to take a highly targeted approach in marketing yourself and connecting with your audience. Huge. Story, uh, targeted marketing, specifically, like specific niche target marketing. Um, I was watching a, a, a live, inter not a live interview, but a, it was live, but it was recorded. And the, there's a marketing uh, guru, so to speak, they were saying in the Chicagoland area, um, there's, there's types of people that if they get targeted with a, an ad that has to do with Chicago and like the bears type of speech, 
um, talking about sports or that accent or things that go along with that, um, you're going to get a better conversion rate for people that love the bears, but you could also go the other side and give Packer lingo, right? That's more Minnesota, Wisconsin areas. Um, and, or sorry, not, not Minnesota, um, Wisconsin. Ooh, don't kill me, Pete, please. And, um, that, that lingo using like cheese heads, right. Or, uh, drink talking about beer, um, a little bit more. So, uh, that kind of lingo is going to overall be better and you're going to get conversions more so, right. The, the niche words, the, that come up in conversation with specific groups, really break it down and target to those audiences. Um, think in scenarios, huh? Let me, let me do a deep dive into this. When you're a freelancer, there are different scenarios in which your services can be helpful. That's fine. After having spent some time freelancing, um, you'll probably be able to see how the same set of skills could be bundled up and marketed in specific ways. Um, there's some common scenarios that, uh, this article writer experienced and here they are. Um, they were dealing with a company or a founder or something and they, the need was to design new features, but they didn't have the internal design resources or they needed to raise money and, but they still needed their app idea visualized. So they need to raise money for it, but they don't have a full idea yet. Or, um, they had a product that needs complete, a complete redesign and they don't know where to start. Uh, I, this person, it seems, is a programmer. Uh, they had an Android version of their iOS app designed. Um, so uh, every job's going to be different. Start thinking in scenarios. Will this person know what they want but not, not know how much it costs? Will they not know what they want but think they know? Will they want you to make it and have complete freedom and leeway to do so? Will they be clear on communication? Will you have to be the one that steps forward and says, hey, I need to know these things? Um, get it through your... Uh, well, I don't want that to sound rude, but start thinking about that. Uh, they say, form an LLC. I was, there's a, I was watching a tax and accounting advice segment on... I think it was on... Uh, a television news network, but it was rebroadcasted on YouTube. I, I get a lot of my um, my feed, a lot of my information from the internet rather than standard television. I think most of us do now. Um, but you form an LLC. Here's limited li limited liability company. This applies for the U.S. Uh, if you're somewhere else. You'll have to look at your own tax laws, but if you're a company that could get sued, sorry, you will get sued. <laughs> if you get big enough and work enough, somebody sooner or later is going to probably try and take you to court. That's what happens. But um, if you're, if you getting sued means you lose everything, that's as a DPA, everything's connected, right? Um, now, if you don't have many assets or you don't have a big bank account, it's not a big deal. But once you start having a house, car, a couple cars, maybe a couple houses, good for you if you do, um, you have to put those assets 
I assume they're assets. They could be liabilities if they're losing you money. But you have to take those items and protect them. Your savings 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 account. Can't even say it. It scares me. <laughs> Don't go look at mine. Uh-oh. Yikes. Um, uh, once you have one, <laughs> a good one, then you'll want to protect yourself by forming an LLC. Also, for tax purposes, once you hit about, I think it was forty to 60000 you want to kind of switch over to an LLC. That's when you, you've you looked at deductions. You've looked at uh, as many deductions as you can and or depreciation, depending on what you're doing as well. And you've deducted everything. It's time to switch over to an LLC to get a little bit better uh, deduction. So, that but that comes with extra bank accounts, keeping money separate, things like this. If you need help, uh, bench.co, stripe.com slash atlas or LegalZoom, I think can help you out. But really your state, if you're in the U.S., your state should be able to give you the information you need. Go to their uh, website. Go to the library. Maybe have a librarian help you. Librarian, uh, what a great resource the library is. They'll they'll do everything for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't make them do everything for you. Uh, they say as a freelancer specialized in something. Yeah, you really should. So here's, here's the other side of the coin earlier. It was don't put all your eggs in one basket. This is specialize in something and become really good at it. So there's, there's two ways to look at everything. They say, think about finding clients. So before you jump in and you're doing everything, really think about how you're going to get in front of your clients. Um, there's a lot of freelancing platforms out there that already have content or uh, people posting jobs. So that's one way, quick way. But take it to the next step. Once you're, you don't want to just be pigeonholed to a platform that somebody else controls, right? You need to get out there and get in front of people. Uh, scour relevant sites daily. Use LinkedIn for premium lead generation. Direct market your services to your clients. Dribble.com slash jobs, authentic jobs, design jobs board. We work remote. Uh, Angel list. I tried Angel list, not a big fan. Uh, designer for me, Folio, Smashing Magazine, apparently, startupjobs.com, workshop, design moto, jobs, things like this. Okay. That's about it. Um, set realistic expectations. Build great rapport with clients. Okay, things things are starting to repeat themselves a little bit. Um, yeah. That's, that's about it. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Uh, that's all you need to know for tips and tricks about being a freelancer. I appreciate everyone in the chat. Mm. We'll be back tomorrow. Some more time, sometime uh, in the afternoon. Uh, maybe in the morning. Maybe like 11 to noon, something. I don't know. But we'll be back. Uh, I'll post it on a live schedule ahead of time so you can see. And I appreciate you for hanging out with me. I appreciate everybody in the chat. If you have any questions, LinkedIn, uh, Alec Denkoff, and uh, have a wonderful weekend. See you tomorrow.